I am fired up by this episode of the challenge, Rider Dies. I'm John Chidley Hill. And I am Sheldon Alexander. It's been a while since Laurel has been on a season of the challenge. Mm-hmm. So I think we've gotten away from one of the foundations of the You Killed It podcast. <laughs> and that is, we fucking love Laurel. We're ride or die for Laurel. Yeah. I am heated at what happened in this episode. I can't wait to talk about it. How are you feeling about this? I am I'm great. This is what I every time I write in what number this is, episode 231 of the You Killed It Pod. I'm always like, whoa, that's a lot of episodes. But we're on episode five already of this The Challenge Rider Dies. And I'm glad that we're back to like the normal challenge because there's so much more to like dive into and you know this was a great daily challenge it was a great elimination but also the house stuff i felt like was so good and i'm so cognizant now of people who might be newer to the challenge just based off of the last few years based off the challenge usa and you might not be familiar with like all the house stuff and so as we get into that I love chewing in on that part of it too, because I feel like that added so much more to this episode, right? Like the elimination and and the, the daily challenge was great, you know, even the deliberation and all that. But I feel like we're going to be able to dive into so much more of the intricate nature of what makes this show what it is. And oh. Laurel is a perfect person for that. So I, I thought that was dope just all around. One of the things I also love and miss about the challenge is in the early days of You Killed It, which was like 2017, because we are old as shit. 2017, really? I think so. Maybe 2018. Damn. Um, I was like, we used to really get into like a psychological deep dive. And we haven't had that for a while because everyone's been so straightforward. Thank you, Michelle, though for being a total head case and just making this episode happen. And like, wow. even before the opening credits, mm-hmm. we have Michelle getting like real paranoid. And like, she yeah. just like off the hop, she thinks she says like, yeah, okay, Kim and Colleen won. I think Jay and I are on the chopping block. Like, I think we're next. <laughs> and like, I'm just, I'm just gonna say this immediately. Mm-hmm. it's obvious that Kim and Colleen are going to remain on the chopping block until they're eliminated because mm-hmm. they don't talk game with anyone. Yep. They just like go around the house looking the same. Like mm-hmm. I don't understand like where just like the very premise that Michelle puts forward, like we're next. No, the people that like just went in are next because they came back out. Like that's going to be the way until they're gone. So mm-hmm. like just chill. I didn't understand Michelle. Like right away, you could tell the vibes were being set that, you know, Michelle's about to do a little too much here. And you're right. It was right before the even the opening credits, a title pops up is like, uh oh, this is going to be a Michelle doing too much episode, isn't it? And Michelle, the thing about Michelle is, okay, so she won a season of Survivor. Do I have that right? Yeah. Uh, you're asking the wrong guy. Sorry. I don't think she did. Maybe Sorry, she, did. she was just popular from Survivor. Bottom line, yeah. she's popular from Survivor. That's where she made her name. That show is all about scamming and, you know, tricking people and alliances and who do you trust, who do you not trust, 
all that fun stuff, right? She and did so, not win. Sorry to interject. She did no not problem. win. No problem. No problem. So Michelle comes into the challenge and it's just doing too much. But the difference is, and I think this is a big part of it, okay? Survivor is a different show, right? Yes, there's eliminations, there's challenges, there's, you know, um, alliances you have to make, all that fun stuff. But the challenge when you add in the dynamic of actually building in the real life um, relationships where it's like real friendships and real even romantic relationships, but there's more of a reality setting to it because the cameras aren't always on and you're just going to be chilling in the house. So you got to just talk to people and be you, right? Mm -hmm. Michelle is someone who comes across as she struggles with that. And the perfect person for her to not go up against is Laurel. <laughs> and yeah. that was the scene of this whole thing. And because people who might not be familiar with Laurel's resume here, we should probably get this out of the way from, from the jump, right? Laurel, I've always said, I think Laurel is the best female, if not top three period challenge competitor there is man or woman laurel is a beast she dominates competitions dominates eliminations she when i say you know we talked about uh, smashly a lot mm. being a, a five tool or like do it all type player well laurel was the og of that laurel was down for the party laurel is down for the hookup laurel is down for the whoop your ass like actually you know she wants the smoke Mm -hmm. And she is great television, but she, I also think that she's good peoples. Yeah. The, the highest compliment we give on this pod is, would we want to go have a beer with you? And yeah. hell yeah, I would love to go have a beer with Laurel. Michelle, on the other hand, I think when you come on this show, the challenge, and you have to add in that element of it, can you just chill and talk to someone like a normal person instead of trying to put on the show all the time or instead of trying to think of, you know, who's after who all the time? That's where you mess up. So perfect example of all this, pool party vibes. Oh, my God. So the pool party, mm -hmm. I can't remember the last time I attended a pool party. And, like, it made me miss it. Yeah. yeah. Also, something that's making this season really good compared to a lot of the previous seasons, whether mm -hmm. it was All-Stars or USA, is... Everyone's in horny jail. Like everyone <laughs> is so down to bone. It makes such a difference in terms of the quality of the season where there's just like, and like, it seems like every episode we're discovering like a new, like, yeah, situation ship, right? Like Mariah mm -hmm. and, and bananas. <laughs> where did that come from? Where did that come nowhere? from? And, like, her mom's going to be so disappointed. That's not conjecture. <laughs> she said it herself. Which but is amazing. I also I also have to say this. So, like, Sheldon, mm -hmm. Bananas is a year older than us. He's 40. Okay. I'm listening. At what point do you think maybe Bananas should be moving into the CT or Durrell space of just, like, being the uncle at the pool party rather than trying to be a main player. You know what I'm saying? I mean, in the wise words of noted poet, don't hate the player, hate the game, man. I mean, it's not his fault. Like maybe he was just chilling out by the maybe, pool. Maybe that's true. And, and, and 
in fairness, Mr. John Chidley Hill, mm-hmm. why would you say that about bananas? But our vibes about Laurel are, hey, go do what you do, Laurel. First of all, Laurel is younger. Okay. And I also, uh, I'm going to put it out there that early on, I flagged, I'm like, huh, there's a big age difference between Horatio and Laurel. Which mm-hmm. is, like, they're, they're just, there's a certain point where I'm like, mm, Laurel's 37, for the record. Also, <laughs> I think pushing okay. it. Okay. I just, I do think, like, I think it's one thing if you're having a pool party and, like, it's a bunch of people in their late 30s, okay. But some of these kids are, like, 21, 22. Yeah. yeah. And, like, I, I just, like, I appreciate they sort of have no choice because, like, what else are you going to do? Mm-hmm. But, like, you know, uh, I'll just, as an example, they, they sort of, well, they have a complicated relationship, but, like, Veronica and Anissa have been, like, there has been a tension between them in the past, but they're more contemporaries. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm just saying there's a certain point where, like, you know, the rule of seven applies. You remember that? Please elaborate for uh, us uh, new listeners. Uh, the rule of seven is how does it go? You take your age mm-hmm. and uh, divide it in half and then add seven. That's like the very youngest that you could date. <laughs> Even then, okay, it's a little creepy. We'll use bananas as a 40-year-old as an example. Okay. So his minimum age is 27. Okay. I got even you. that. I think like a thirteen-year age gap. Okay. Okay. Problematic. Listen, I think as is is I'm quoting a lot of people earlier, but I'm I'm quoting a lot of people so far early in this pod in English. Yes, it's early in the morning for us here, but hey, all's fair in love, war, and the challenge, man. And oh bananas is here. Bananas just chilling by the pool. Mariah and her moms, you know, they got they feel the bananas vibes, you know. So, I mean, be careful because he's a sneaky snake. I thought that was funny. Yep. Um, we're is. also getting a, a peek into you know continued Laurel and Horatio vibes. You got Nelson and Olivia. You got um, Fessy and uh, Colleen. Still, do you know that every time I say Colleen's name, I want to say Kim. Like every single time I'm about to say, like I'm thinking of who Colleen is, my initial thought is to say Kim. Just, yeah. Um, But anyways, so you have this scene and then you find out that, you know, you have this conversation of Veronica and Doral. So the seeds are being planted already in terms of who are going to be the main players in this episode in terms of having to make certain decisions. And Darrell and Veronica are trying to figure out where do they fit in, much like, you know, Michelle and Jay are also trying to figure out where they fit in. Seeds planted early. I want to ask you a very important question, though. Okay. What did you make of it wasn't a club night? I thought it was a club night, but it wasn't. It turned into an emo night. Yeah. Um, please. Um, I don't know how like down you are with said emo culture if you had that you know that part of your life where you were into those type of things but i would like your thoughts on emo night in the challenge house uh i so i was never into 
the emo phase like i never okay. like we were just like i feel like you and i just missed it right like we were just like in our early oh i 20s. definitely missed it <laughs> fair <laughs> but like we just like my chemical romance as an example would have been okay. like at their prime when we were in our early 20s okay so like it sort of sort of missed us mm -hmm. and also at that point in my life i hated the idea of having feelings so like having feelings define your entire identity nah mm. that said i loved emo night in the challenge house yeah i just thought it was fun like it's just something different and you something mentioned to it, break up the night like so, exactly. like they get so bored and i also i really enjoyed how good some of them were at doing it Mm -hmm. Like Devin and Tori really embraced it. And like, clearly they're younger than us. So they're like in that sweet spot. Like I bet they had emo phases. <laughs> and I, yeah. I thought Kim did a great job when he was like, had his hood up and was doing what I think was his imitation of a typical American teenager. I think sure. Kim is low key jokes. Like, I think he's actually pretty funny. I just, I think some people have the kind of humor that doesn't translate well to like reality TV. Like I think his humor is super dry. Mm -hmm. Obviously like English is not his first language, but like, I actually think if we spoke German, he would be hilarious. Like I think he makes like really good, like low key comments that would like bust up a room, you know? Yeah. I thought he was super funny. I thought he was good people's for sure. Um, I also love Darrell. Just yeah. saying, I don't really know what an emo is, but I guess I'll rock, <laughs> I'll rock out with it. I was like, yeah, Darrell, I, you are like my spirit animal in this <laughs> scenario. But I, to to your point though, I like that everyone played along. Everyone's having fun. It's just a good way to engage with the rest of the house. Um, what did you think of their song? Because I don't mean to, I don't mean for this to sound like a diss, but I was listening to it and I thought why couldn't that be an emo hit like doesn't that sound like I, most what i would think are emo songs i don't know i have in my notes that i think it could have cracked the much music top 30 circa 2005. okay i'm not saying that it would reach number one but if you told me that there was like an emo band out of new market ontario that did a song called chinese takeout like i could see it based off of crtc regulations Mm -hmm. making like making making it cracking the top 30 you know yeah. getting some radio play you know i could no, see I'm it if they're canadian uh, we got we gotta just take a quick pause though because we got i actually know what the music is thanks to our international correspondent adi pinsoff okay so the pool party was uh uh shake that by metro station okay while prepping for emo night it was I write sins, not tragedies, by Panic at the Disco, which is apt. Uh, okay. And uh, I'll circle back to the other music when it is appropriate. But I, for the emo night, we couldn't skip past Panic at the Disco. No, I got you. I got you. Um, there's a bit of panic going on though within the friendship between Jake or Jack, Jake, Jack and Jay. See, I got anyways. Yeah, um, their relationship, you know, they're setting us up because you could tell that, you know, they're seeing how close they are. They're writing songs together. They're hanging out a lot. Lots going on. 
And I'm watching this and thinking, wait a second, how is this going to mesh? Because we've already heard Michelle's issues with Laurel because we don't really know what those issues are. And but, she never gives an example, which I think is so telling. She's basically just like, the vibes are off. <laughs> yeah. And so it comes out because she's talking to Amber, who's done a very good job of laying low while also clearly not being with the vets. You know, like she's doing a good job of just playing in the background for now. Yeah. Which got to give her credit for that. But Michelle makes it known that she has beef with Laurel. And why is Michelle mad at Laurel? Because Laurel threw her in. I guess that's what this all centers around, but I feel like I'm still missing something here, which we'll, we'll, we'll dive into as the episode, as this episode goes on, because there's more time to talk about Laurel and Michelle, right? Yeah. Oh, we're going to talk about them a lot. <laughs> so let's get to the daily challenge. Cause that was a little teaser for what's going on, but the daily challenge, what did you think about this daily challenge? Uh, say TJ saying they look like royalty because this was brought to you by Burger King. And it's a royal relay. Essentially, you and your partner, it's a relay race. You got to do a swim, and then you each got to paddle in the boat, collect four of the uh, crown points, put them all together, build your crown. Winner gets 5K. Cool, right? Sounds easy. Sounds simple. This is a, a, a classic just water challenge. Can you swim? Can you row a boat? Simple, easy. If you can't do it, you're going to lose. <laughs> If you can, like Michelle and Jay, I would have thought they were the odds-on favorites going in, right? Yeah. Like, I'll tell you, the first thing I thought when I saw this was, oh, this is easy. Mm -hmm. And that, like, it's too bad that someone like Wes or CT wasn't on because they would have absolutely, like, some of the, like, really superior swimmers mm -hmm. yeah. would have absolutely destroyed this. But, yeah, to your point, right up jay and michelle's alley because they're survivor people they have to swim yeah and michelle is a she was a distant swimmer in what did she say in college or in school right in college yeah and jay's also a great swimmer he's just a your classic outdoorsman for lack of a better term i thought that was really cool but also i think this was a great reminder for people to see the individual talents of certain people right so yeah, we mentioned Jay and Michelle, cool. Olivia, also a really good swimmer. You have Jordan, who's just out here showing out and showing off like just how good of a well-rounded athlete he is. And just the point <laughs> in this race where he has to do the rowing and he struggles at first because he, he can't grip the oar because he doesn't have a hand. So like everything else, as Anissa puts it perfectly, like everything else, he figures out a way and still dominates. Jordan is like, he is, it, he never ceases to amaze me. Right when I think He's that. He's incredible. Yeah. Yeah, man. Like right when I think that he can't do anything more to impress me, another episode pops up and then boom, here's Jordan doing something that clearly other people couldn't figure out how to do. I mean, I got to say, so, like, at first, I was like, this is going to be pretty straightforward. Like, I don't understand, like, where the challenge part of this challenge is. Like, to me, the biggest challenge was going to be to eat Burger King afterwards. <laughs> but yes. 
then they get to the boats and that really separates the wheat from the chaff because apparently a lot of people have never rowed before. But I have a question for you. That didn't look like there looked to be more to it than just normal rowing a boat, right? Because it looked like the seat moved mm. and also you had to kind of do it in unison with the oars, which wasn't your normal, like it didn't look normal or maybe Nani and um, what's her, her name? Mariah, Mariah were just that horrible at it that they made it look like it wasn't a normal oars in a, your row, row, row your boat situation. I, I don't know. I couldn't tell because it looked really bad. And even Fessy trying to explain it, I don't get how they didn't understand it. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I got to say, I was impressed uh, with uh, Fessel's patience with Mariah because mm -hmm. I would have like immediately leaned forward and like grabbed one of her hands and been like, no, you hold it like this. <laughs> like I would not have been like, like, I wouldn't have tried to use my words. I would have been like, no, like mm -hmm. give me your hand. Here's how you do it. This also, this whole scene made me wonder like, is this, a, is this a matter of my own privilege? Like, cause like I, the first time I rode a boat, I remember I was like, five years old and I did better than these people. <laughs> I was five or six and like I was out there rowing better than that. Yeah. So I don't know. And like we've been picking on Mariah and Nani. Chauncey and Amber were disqualified because they sank their boat. Yeah. Didn't go well for them. Like what is going on? I mean, again, like I don't like to put it this way, but all these people got beat by a guy with one hand. Like, like yeah. what the hell? I mean, it was, the... it was just such a, a, a total cluster. And like, they, they'd actually all impressed me. There was no bad swimmers. Mm -hmm. Veronica got lost, but there was no bad swimmers. <laughs> yeah. This, this challenge was just simply either you can swim and roll a boat or you can't. And then that's just basically what it came down to. I mean, I thought, so Devin and Tori won the second heat to Jay and Michelle winning the first heat. And I didn't even think Devin and Tori looked super smooth doing this as well. It's just, they were faster than the other people in their heat. I mean, your man's Kim was out here looking like Adam Vancouverton or something. Like he was just dominate. Sorry. Adam Vancouverton is such a random reference. It's just, such a good uh, reference. And I'm so proud of you. A little Canadian. <laughs> Don't even tell our American listeners who Adam Vancouverton <laughs> is. Fair and his name is not spelled like the city. Google I will him. say, actually, can I tell? Uh, no, I probably shouldn't tell that story on a mic, but anyways, I mean, um, I, I have some stories about Adam Vancouverton that I cannot share on a microphone. So oh. we'll have to compare notes once yeah. we stop recording, Shelly. Interesting. And there, I'm so interested in a bunch of people right now that are like, who the hell is Adam Vancouver? Did? <laughs> <laughs> I also, so sorry. Uh, a D tells us that when Kim like hits beast mode rowing, mm -hmm. that lightning crashes by live is mm -hmm. the song, which first of all, D and I know each other from grades four, five, and six, which is when okay. that song came out. And I don't know what your feelings are on the band live, but man, they're so good. Like if you open up some, like just 
this is live like on spotify you will go down they had so many bangers that you forget about i will say you and i often praise the producers of the challenge if you're going to play live in this moment obviously you gotta go with the dolphins cry like that's that's the song for this moment mm-hmm. right okay okay I know Fair. you're a big live guy. I can see it in your face. Huge, huge, huge I, fan. I, I also hope that our listeners appreciate that every time I reference these like obscure 90s bands or like one hit wonders or music that Sheldon clearly doesn't know or doesn't like, that within an hour of us recording this podcast, I typically send him a link to the music and he typically replies, why are you like this? Why do you? Why are you doing this to me? This He's got in Venga Boys and S Club Seven and Len. I sent him Len's latest single, which, in fairness, was from 2014. Sheldon's a good friend. He puts up with a lot behind the scenes. <laughs> I don't know why Len came up recently. There's a, anyways. Um, yeah, so. <laughs> because you live in Toronto. <laughs> oh, geez. Yeah, I guess so. Um, so yeah, Jay and Michelle win. Jane Michelle end up winning. And the, the funny part about this all, was there anything else from this actual daily challenge that, you know, stuck out to you? No, I mean, no. I, w- I will say I Googled to see how many Burger Kings there are in Toronto. Cause I'm like, I can't remember. We've done this before. Yeah. We've done this before. We I think the last before. time, whenever there was a challenge that involved the prize of being Burger King, it led us to a whole deep dive into how many Burger Kings are in Toronto. When was the last time we had Burger King? Do people still eat Burger King? Is Burger King still a thing? When was <laughs> the last a, time you had a Whopper? That was uh, the time where we first mentioned Hooker Harvey's on the podcast. That's when we took wow. a hard right turn Jeez. into Canadiana being like a staple of the podcast. And we we're just like, fuck it. We're talking about Hooker Harvey's. Yeah. Only first off, like, again, I don't know. Like Harvey's isn't in the States, is it? No, right? No, it's just Canadian. Okay, Canadian burger chain. It's like a fast food chain is Harvey's for people that don't know. But I was just thinking like people definitely don't know what Harvey's is. And so to just throw out the term hooker Harvey's, (laughs) which is only really a very Toronto reference (laughs) for sure. Just like, what are we doing here? You got people Googling hooker Harvey's and Adam Vancouver did not together, (laughs) not together, separate entities, not putting those two things together. Um, I do have a listener question, though. Okay. From this. So I, I want to give a shout out to Julia Lamana. Okay. Who makes a callback. I, like, I think I said this once on the podcast, like a hundred episodes ago. Mm-hmm. But Julia Lamana asks, was TJ's giant infinity scarf giving circa 2015 more offensive than a cowboy hat? because that's a reference to the fact that I also hate scarves. Yeah. And I will allow that my hatred of scarves is just visceral. Like I can't even defend it. It's not like there's any kind of logic behind it. Like my hatred of cowboy hats, but like giant scarves and infinity scarves, like really rub me the wrong way. You will very rarely see me wearing a scarf, not about that scarf life. So I will say, in TJ's defense, it was 
it's clearly cold there. Like you could see their breath. Like, mm -hmm. I don't know when they filmed this, but it seems like it's pretty cold in Argentina. So I'm giving TJ a pass on wearing a scarf. I do think that scarf was ridiculous though. Yeah. Yeah. How did I you mean, feel I, about the scarf? I have nothing against scarves. Scarves are great. But scarves like TJ's scarf in particular. TJ's scarf game was solid. I thought, you know, I thought TJ had solid scarf game, not mad at TJ's scarf game at all. I thought it was pretty good. Definitely not mad at it at all. It did. I will say, Julia, it, as soon as I saw it, it gave me pause because I was like, shit, am I going to have to run down scarves just like I ran down <laughs> cowboy hats? <laughs> right, just adding to my eccentric public image. <laughs> so mad about scarves. Jeez, come on, man. Um, okay, so Jane Michelle win. Jack is so hyped up because he's thinking him and Laurel are safe. And yeah. why wouldn't he think that? Because Jay is his boy. I mean, they showed a montage of them like hanging out. They're doing like balcony dances together and stuff. Like they're writing songs together. You're thinking that you're cool. Why wouldn't you? Right. Plus everyone comes back and has a Burger King feast. But anyways, Everyone in the house is anticipating, like they run a literal montage of people talking about how Jay and Michelle are going to make big moves. They're talking about how Michelle, before they came on the show, was talking about we got to make big moves and get all the vets out and we got to change things up. So you're anticipating some big moves are going down. And all we hear about is Michelle wanting to put in Jack and Laurel and then Anissa and Jordan. The part I didn't understand with their deliberation was I need you to explain to me, John, how is it different that Michelle wants to put in Laurel, right? Whereas obviously she doesn't want to go or uh, her partner doesn't want to go against that team. But on the flip side, Jay wants to put in bananas and Laurel doesn't want to want that to happen. Like, I don't get how they didn't see how they were doing the exact same thing in the exact same conversation. And it just messed up their whole gameplay because if your goal is to go against the vets, wouldn't you just put in both teams? Yes. Instead of Kim and Colleen. Yeah. Like I was the confused. whole thing, the whole thing was a clusterfuck. Like there's no other way. And like, I had it in my notes where even before they got to like the deliberation between the two of them, I was like, they're going to fuck this up. Like, they're going to owe, like, you could just tell because they were setting up Michelle for doing too much. And, like, I don't, like, her explanation as to why they couldn't put in bananas, mm -hmm. but they had to put in Laurel was, like, it wasn't based in reality. In both cases, she was just like, I'm going with my gut. And, like, I, Jay definitely deserves some of the blame here because what he should have said, whether it's on camera or not, he should have said to her, listen, Bananas and I do not like each other. Mm -hmm. He wheeled my girl away from me <laughs> and is still somehow insecure about it. Like, Bananas is going to come for us. And, like, we have virtually no relationship with Donnie. So, but like... Shouldn't but shouldn't she know that already? We saw she the should. scene earlier this season where Michelle and Nani had the heart to heart, but Nani already threw them in bananas already threw them in. 
Like that's what that's a part that I don't really understand. Like you you've already been thrown in by them, but clearly to me what it seems like is Michelle again is trying to play the game here of not only trying to win, but I think trying to play the overall challenge game, meaning currying favor with bananas and other people who are popular in the game. The problem with that is you've already stated that you want to go against the vets. So you're just confused because it doesn't yeah. make any sense because the only reason you don't go at bananas is because you want to make a deal with them. But how can you want to make a deal with bananas and then also want to go against the vets? I don't understand how that makes sense. He's King vet and like has an all vet Alliance. Like mm -hmm. it, you can't get halfway pregnant, which is what they're trying to do. Like bars. Thank you. But like, you can't this, I can't say that they have a plan. The only thing I'll say in their defense is they promised big moves and these are big moves. They just weren't good moves. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> I want to read this comment from Twitter. Alan sure. says Michelle and Jay putting their entire game on the line just to get a potential IOU from bananas is something like investing all their money into a second fire festival. <laughs> <laughs> or like investing all of your money into uh, NFTs and uh, Bitcoin, Ooh. which it was re revealed this morning is what Tom Brady did. <laughs> did you know that? Is that, I don't want to dive too deep into that because there's something I was going to say that I shouldn't say. And anyways, um, I have not seen that. That's what I will say. Um, Topical. Yes. Bleeding edge here. Yes. On you um, killed it. The list though, the list of who they did select is up and it's Laurel and Jack, Kim and Colleen, Anissa, Jordan, Veronica, and Darrell. No bananas and Nani and everyone is stunned, including bananas and Nani. How do you know that you messed up the game <laughs> when everyone is like, wait, what? Like they threw you in and you don't return the favor. And then you put in Kim and Colleen who you're saying you want to work with the rookies, but you're going to throw in a rookie team. Yeah. And also state that, well, what we want to do really is nominate people that we can then have a conversation with to see where they're at. What? You do know you can just talk to people in the house normally, right? Uh, yeah. I don't know what game they think they're playing. Like I don't watch enough Survivor. Is this how is this how they operate? Because like people have always been gassing up Survivor to us. But like, is it is this how it is on that show where you nominate people and that forces them to talk game with you? Like I don't so, understand this plan at all. I could have this wrong, and someone write in and tell us because if I'm wrong about Survivor, cool, like a uh, no sweat off my back at all. But I feel like it was a thing in Survivor that because you're you're just stranded on this island right and all of it is about the gameplay and your alliance and who's working with who so if by chance you are seen with this person it is then assumed that mm. you got to be working with this person whereas mm. in the challenge house like i mean you could be mingling with someone you can be like you know smashing someone and that doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to be partnered with them or in their alliance going forward and you can talk to people in the house. You can party with people in the house and not be in their alliance. That happens all the time. So maybe that's where they're coming from. I don't know. That's just me trying to give them some glimmer of, of understanding here because their plan made absolutely no sense. And the deliberation or 
yeah, the deliberation well, where sorry, everyone before gets Before we move in. on to that, Shelly, I got to say, to me, and I, I want to know your thoughts on this, the four teams that you nominate, if you're gunning for the veterans, I think are really obvious. Mm-hmm. It's Jordan and Anissa. Mm-hmm. It's Devin and Tori. It's uh, Nani and Bananas. And it's Casey and Kenny. Yeah. Because those four are the closest, right? Yeah. You have two. I know Jordan and Tori are in a weird space, but you have two romantic partnerships linking two teams. And also, those four teams are clearly in an alliance, like 100% yeah. in an alliance. So, like, that way you don't miss. You're getting rid of one of them. And what they did, what Michelle and Jay did do, is they pissed off everyone. Yeah. Right? But with those four, those four are going to be pissed off if any of those teams are nominated anyway. So nominate them all. So they're all angry anyway. Like, just that's the way you do it. Like, what a total mess. Yeah. And also, total mess. Your goal has to be, right? Your goal to me has to be that you get rid of one team from the people that you are not working with. And instead they just nominated a bunch of people that they didn't know that they, if they are working with or not, but more importantly that they might want to actually work with. Yeah. Like you can't do that. You can't go into this and be like, well, I don't know. We might work with these people. So we're going to put them in. That's not how you curry favor with people. Right. Like it, it just made no sense. It was super strange. And the deliberation I thought was just great. I love this they was knew. the best deliberation we have seen in years and seasons. This is so good. Well, the whole point is you're supposed the people that you're bringing in to the deliberations, they're supposed to be the ones that are shook. Instead, it was the winners, Jay and Michelle, who were the most shook in pretty much every scenario and every conversation they had. Everyone else came in and was basically telling them how wrong they were. Yeah. I thought that was incredible. I mean, just off the hop, Veronica shows why she's an OG, just immediately bullies them. <laughs> like, I had her down. First of all, she calls them out for not putting in ban- uh, Bananas and Nani, where she's like, if anyone's going to be up here, it should be the two that nominated you. Like, what are you doing? And then word for word, she says, I don't know who you're trying to break up here. Like, yeah. just just bully, just, like, runs over them verbally. And, like, I love that, like, when Darrell and Veronica leave, like, Jay puts his head on the desk, like, they're feeling it. And he goes, and they're like, oh, that went really badly. And Jay goes, you know that they're going to have Laurel and Jack last, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> they just know that like, this is going to go so badly. Like, yeah. just... Just a total clusterfuck. I'm going to keep saying that. Like, it's just shocking how bad this gameplay is. Well, again, think of the dynamics of it. That is so perfect. You never see the people who are the winners on, on like, you know, they're the ones that are all shy and, like, coiled over because they're getting it just from everyone that comes in. And, again, Darrell and Veron, like, the people who you put in are supposed to have no leverage. They're not supposed to be able to intimidate you. They're not supposed to be able to tell you that you're wrong because you're the one making the decisions. And instead, as you mentioned, Darrell and Veronica come in. That's what they do. Kim and Colleen come in, and they're like, wait a second. 
And well, Michelle says, we have no issues with you and we want to work with you. And I'm thinking, what? If you want to work with us, why are you throwing them in at all? It just made no sense and just highlighted how much their plan sucked. But the highlight of the episode. Uh, I don't want you to skip Anissa and Jordan, though, because they had a great moment. Yes, yes. No, so Anissa and Jordan also come in hot and are also are like, hey, I love them, but like, why didn't you nominate Nani and Bananas? Like, what the hell? Mm-hmm. And Michelle's like, well, I just think that, like, you know, we're always going to have that rap of being like survivor people. You can't trust survivor people, which, first of all, is what people say about Big Brother, not what people say about survivor. Okay. And then Jordan cuts her off and goes, this is the untrustworthy thing. You're doing it. This is it. This is what. It, this is the thing. You're doing it right now. Right? It's like people aren't going to be able to trust you because everybody knows what you should do. And yet you didn't do that, which means, wait, are you working with bananas or you want to work with bananas? And either way, that's not a trustworthy thing for you to do. But again, I'm going to say this. And you're going to hear me repeat this for the remainder of this pod. Okay. Laurel, first off, my line of the episode is right here, right now. And it involves no words. I think we have the same line of the episode. (laughs) Because it involves no words at all. Laurel just sits down and she is giving the death stare. She hasn't said a thing. And Michelle's just kind of sitting there. She's like, okay. uh," And then the ice starts to get broken and michelle says so are you going to say anything are you guys going to talk and laurel pause and says is there a question that's my line of the episode and michelle is just like sitting there in this scene i would love to know what the raw footage was like and how tense it actually was because the way that they cut it together was perfect and that death stare from Laurel, like she just doesn't break at all. And she's just like looking through them. And clearly she had talked to Jack before to be like, hey, don't say anything. We're just going to make them squirm. And I loved everything about this because what is Michelle doing? I wonder, and, and maybe people will let us know, is there's like some Twitter gossip or juice behind the scenes that we don't know about? Do they both like Fessy? Like something like, I don't know what, what it is that's happened beforehand but it seems like there's something else underlying at least from michelle's point of view or maybe she's just intimidated by laurel and she's trying to like get back at her like i have no idea um it was just such a great moment and laurel with the stone cold death stare that is my line of the episode it was just so good hi my line of the episode was uh do you have a question like just (laughs) So icy. And like, I I think partly what's going on is that like Laurel is an intense person at the best of times. Mm-hmm. But Jack really is her ride or die. And I think she could probably handle being nominated if it was just like solo. Yeah. But I think she's angry because Jack is hurt that Jay stabbed him in the back. Agreed. And I think that's part of what's motivating Laurel is that she doesn't like seeing Jack upset and hurt. And like, he even says that like later in the episode that he has a hard time letting his guard down and making friends. And Laurel, Mm -hmm. I'm sure knows that. 
<clears throat> so to see like your best friend, your ride or die, lower their guard and then have it blow up in their face. Like I understand where Laurel's extreme anger is coming from. And it's just, it's so, this whole scene is so good. And like what follows it up is that then we have like after deliberations, Jay and Michelle are having a conversation with Johnny. And like, I'm sure what happened is Johnny like approached them and was like, how is deliberation? (laughs) Because I'm sure he's the kind that he just like hangs out near like the deliberation room to like get the blow by blow as people come out. Right. Like I think Johnny's fine enough to do that. And they're clearly having a post deliberation conversation. And Johnny says, Hey, don't ever be swayed in this game by fear or emotion, which, and Michelle's (laughs) like, yeah, you're right. That's what I'm doing. No, everything you're doing is based off of fear and emotion, right? Like their decision (laughs) to not throw in, to nominate uh, Bananas and Nani was based off of emotion. Well, they're, they're like, it was like uh, nominating Laurel. Of yeah, it was based off of vibes. Like, that's all you're doing, Michelle. Like, there's nothing real. The thing that's real that happened is Nani and Bananas nominated you, and then you didn't do anything about it. Like, Well, the other part I don't understand is if we go back to what happened earlier on in the season, right? Mm-hmm. Bananas nominated Jay and Michelle for literally no reason. They didn't have to do it. They just basically did it to show which side they were on. So nobody would have batted an eye if you just said, hey, you guys put us up. We're going to put you up. Nobody would have batted an eye. Instead, now you're trying to curry favor with them when they've already shown you that they don't want to work with you. Because when they had a chance to work with you, they put you up. It just hey. makes no sense to me at all. And you mentioned it. The the terrible part is Michelle just being the opposite of what Laurel and Laurel is. And even mm-hmm. Jack. I think Jack did a really good job of holding his emotions in because I think he was a lot more mad and upset. But having the blow up, as Laurel would know from being on this on this show for a long time, the blow up doesn't really do anything for you. Do you know what I mean? It's better yeah. to, to you know, harness that emotion and use it for positive in the elimination, let's say, right? Well, but, we already, they, sorry, we already touched on this, but Darrell and Anissa, or excuse me, Darrell and Veronica earlier in the episode were talking about like, hey, should we consider who we would throw in? Like, should we start thinking that way? Mm-hmm. And then Darrell and Veronica at the same time are having a conversation where they're like, should we ally with like Kim and Colleen? Because like realistically, yes, we're veterans, but we're the last ones to arrive. Mm-hmm. And on the like pecking order, we are like the bottom of the veterans. Like we would be the first to get thrown under the bus. Yeah. And Michelle and Jay, by trying to curry favor with bananas and Nani are missing that important point. They're still not going to be top of the pecking order. Bananas and Nani are going to be ride or dies for Casey and Kenny first and foremost because Casey and Nani are engaged. They're yeah. a couple. Like that's that's who their closest ties are with. And then after that, we already said it. It's Jordan and Anissa, and it's 
uh, Devin and Tori. Like I would even go to like Facey, Fessy and Mariah, right? Yeah. Because Fessy and, and Casey's relationship would automatically leads into Fessy and Nani. And you know bananas I mean? and Mariah's uh, bananas and Mariah's relationship that seems to be developing. Like mm-hmm. you, you're so like they would still pick possibly Nelson and Nerese in favor of you, right? Like, so like, I think what I'm trying to say is Darrell and Veronica's assessment is correct. Like maybe we should throw in with the rookies because like, maybe we could be top dogs with them. Yeah. But like, we definitely will not be with the veterans. Like the veterans, we are going to be a fifth or sixth pick. Yeah. So like, what are Michelle and Jay doing? That's all it boils down to. What are they doing? I think it's also super interesting too, right? Because we get the scene of bananas saying anything I need to say to butter their balls, I will, which we know that's what bananas is doing anyways. But I thought to go back to what I was saying about Jack and Jay, Jack tells him the next day about, you know, you put up three good teams that could all come back and will come back to go after you. And then you have to essentially just throw in the rookie team. Like, why wouldn't you do that? And he's being honest with them. Mm-hmm. But then does Jay take that? No. And the reason I think Jay doesn't take that is because we're probably missing a scene where Michelle comes back to Jay to tell him about the conversation she has with Laurel. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Because clearly we could tell that Michelle is running their team, right? Because yeah. Jay quickly backs down to not putting in bananas and Nani. And now in this instance, after Laurel has a conversation with um, after Laurel has a conversation with Michelle, I think Michelle goes back and that's where the decision's made. You hear them say in the elimination, we're choosing them to go in and it's because of one person. And I really want to spend some time on this conversation between Michelle and Laurel. And I know there's some stuff we jumped over and Nisa doesn't really matter in this instance. Like the focal point of this is Michelle and Laurel, right? Mm -hmm. This is why I think Laurel is the goat. She is so super confident in this moment where other people sometimes are trying to act tough or trying to play tough or trying to, you know, oh, here's a moment where I have power. I'm going to use my fake power in this moment. Whereas Laurel is not intimidated because she's been in eliminations, so she doesn't really care. So you're only going to get the real and raw emotions. And other people don't really do that in these games because they're not used to that. And so I think when these tough conversations come up, other people are nervous, whereas we said earlier, it's just stone cold Laurel. And I love it. Michelle keeps saying, hey, I want to talk to you. I just want to see where you're at. And Laurel's response is so perfect. She says, I don't even know what you mean by that. What do you mean where I'm at? I'm in elimination. <laughs> what yeah. do you mean where am I at? I'm in elimination because you put me there. And Michelle's trying to have a conversation about something, but I don't know about what. Like That's the most confusing part of this whole thing. And she does the whole, okay, fine, Laurel, and then tries to like get up and leave. And Laurel's like, I don't understand. Like, if you wanted to have a conversation with me about something, you could have done that beforehand instead of putting me in. That makes no, and I don't know where Laurel was wrong in this whole thing. No, I like if I were uh, Laurel and Jack, I would be livid, right? Like, Mm -hmm. and really, they weren't. No, I mean, they were angry, but they controlled themselves. But like, I would 
I would be beside myself because I'd be like, what? Like, I was just minding my business. I thought we were tight. Like, I thought we were buds Mm -hmm. in Jack and Jay's case. Laurel, as far as I can tell, was just doing her own thing, right? Chatting with uh, Horatio, like, you know, doing Laurel, doing Laurel stuff. And she's catching strays and being, like, singled out. Yeah. And, and like, one of Michelle's failures here, and she obviously did a lot wrong, but one of Michelle's favorite, one of her mistakes here, failures, is that she never explicitly says to Laurel, I'm doing this because I think that you would throw me in if you were in the same position. Like, I get the sense that you don't like me, Laurel. She never, like, explicitly says that. And because she doesn't have, I guess, the courage to, like, actually say, like, what's up. And she even says, it's at this point that she's like, I think I made a mistake. Yeah, you did make a mistake. Like, you have destroyed your game. Like, everyone's watching and you are blowing it. Like, Yeah. Like, she says something. I might have made up a whole scenario in my mind where there's an issue between Laurel and I and it doesn't really exist. Yeah. It's like... I mean, you could have found that out without throwing her into elimination and basically messing up your game. Um, and, and like Jay did try to talk her out of it. Like Jay mm-hmm. was like, I don't quite get this. And was like, Jay also, I mean, I don't want to put dump it all on, uh, on Michelle. Jay did not do a good job of advocating for himself or his friend or no. like pushing back on this. Like Jay yeah, went along pretty much from the jump with this on this ride on this crazy, crazy ride in the deliberation, he gives up and he just says, you know what? You decide you're better at this than me. No, right? she's he not just, Jay. He just no, gives up not. in that moment. And like the other part of this is there's an easy world in which if you're Jay and you sense what's happening, you use your relationship with Jack to sit down the four of you and be like, Hey, I think that we should work together. We obviously have a very good relationship. I don't know if you guys have had a chance to really sit down and get to know each other, but I feel like it would be in our benefit if we all like just talked it out and aired everything out and let's discuss, like, let's see if we can work together. Yeah. And that would have made total sense. But instead, here we are. We end up in the pit and Jay and Michelle I got to admit, I was shocked that they threw them right into the elimination. That Jay Michelle would have picked Laurel and Jack to go right into the elimination. I was stunned by that. I think at this point, though, they kind of have to. See, I I get that they're going to be mad anyways. Like, if they end up in the elimination, they're going to be mad anyways. I do understand that, right? But I guess the thought process, if I'm them, what I would have done is I'm putting directly in the vet team that I have the least relationship with, the lesser relationship with. And maybe that is, right? And and hey, maybe that is after their argument. Maybe that is Laurel and and Jack. But I don't think so. I think that was still salvageable on some level. But you throw them directly in, and now it comes down to a dagger pull. And, you know, everyone else – it ends up coming down to the last dagger and Darrell and Veronica pull the safe one. And now we got the drama 
And this was a great job of editing and a great cliffhanger because they've already set it up for us. And then Veronica gives this whole speech. And this is the difference between a vet and a rookie and someone who's been on the show before and knows how to make some good TV, right? But she says, hey, I have this is a tough decision. This is something that I thought that maybe Anissa would have come to me before and we would have had a conversation about saving each other if we were in this position. And while I agree with what Veronica is saying, couldn't she have also gone to Anissa yeah. and made the same conversation and said, hey, if we go down there, like we should you know, just make a, a, a truce here that we're not going to put the other in, right? Like I find it weird that she would be mad at Anissa for not doing that when she didn't do it either. I'm so glad you raised this because I was thinking about this often. Because there's a lot of in the deliberations like, oh, you never talk game with me. Oh, you never talk game with me. Mm -hmm. What's stopping these people from initiating the conversation? Like Michelle and Jay said that to basically everyone that they nominated. Oh, you never talk game with me. Well, why aren't you approaching them? Like at this point, they've been in this house for like three weeks. Like why haven't they initiated it themselves? Like it's a it's a strange thing a strange approach to be like oh well you didn't do this so like why should i you know like it's yeah. it's immature really yeah i thought it was super strange and it made really no sense but at the end of the day you know they leave us they go to commercial break they come back and i gotta be honest i was a little tricked here but yeah. they decide to send in kim and colleen but ultimately do you think they made the right decision Probably, uh, uh, you know what? I was going to say probably they did, but I actually think they made the wrong decision, and I'll tell you why. Mm -hmm. Because it was an opportunity for them to forge a relationship with Kim and Colleen, mm -hmm. right? And public enemy number one in the house is going to be, regardless of how the elimination goes down, it's going to be... Uh, Jay and Michelle. Yeah. So like you can piss people off a little because people are going to be going for Jay and Michelle. Right. Okay. Like they sort of provide you cover. Yeah. I think it was a good move by putting in Kim and Colleen because at the end of the day, you still have to be on the side of people who are winning. And yeah. I think that if yeah. you're Anissa and, or sorry, if you're Darrell and Veronica, I think it was good to kind of like out the whole thing and be like, you know what? I'm still going to play the game like I always would in terms of siding with the vets. So now the other vets know, hey, we can trust them that they're not going to go against us Yeah, yeah. if we're both down in that situation. I mean, do we know if they'll stay to that? Who knows? But they've at least shown us in this one instance, hey, we're open to the conversation ahead of time. Come to us if we're both down there and we're yeah. both ending up in the bottom four. We're likely to make a deal and say, hey, yeah, we'll partner up with whoever and go forward that way. Um, let's get to the elimination. Yeah. The elimination was pretty good. I thought it was a good one. And it's Kim and Colleen against Jack and Laurel. I'm going to be honest with you. I thought Kim and Colleen were going to win. 
It looked real close. Early on, I was impressed because Laurel explained her and Jack's strategy, mm -hmm. <clears throat> which I'm like, oh, this makes sense. Have Jack work from the top left mm -hmm. and like work your way across. And then like you're basically laying out the pieces as you go, really organized. But I will say for how cool, calm and collected Laurel was in all the deliberations and all the conversations with Michelle, she did not stay composed during this. And I think it cost them. And then at the same time, like when they explained that strategy, I was like, oh, this is really smart. Like this is, this is the veterans difference, right? Mm -hmm. And then Kim and Colleen, Kim in particular explained, yeah, I just went and got down every single piece. And then we moved Colleen around and I just started organizing things because I had all the pieces in one place. Like I like he found a way to sort of skip a step. I was like, yeah. oh, that's really smart. And sure enough, Kim and Colleen called for a check first. Like the strategy yeah. almost worked. Well, the thing too with Kim and Colleen, they were working a lot better um, as a team. And I thought in the beginning that Kim and Colleen's strategy was better, just getting all the pieces down. And then you can just leave her up there to like go through the pieces. Cause I don't, you don't have to keep going back and forth and up and down. If I just take all the pieces down, why would Kim ever need to go back up? Right. Yeah. So I thought that was a better strategy. You mentioned Laurel's tact, we'll say in terms of um, communicating with Jack. I was worried because I didn't know how he would react to her back and yeah. forth but it seems like it was totally fine like he's used to her moods for lack of a better term or used to how she goes about her business but also i think that laurel that's actually what ended up making them win because i feel like in these eliminations where it's a partnership you need someone to take control and clearly we could tell who was in control <laughs> between laurel and and jack as opposed to Kim and Colleen, they were kind of going back and forth and not really, and they were kind of unsure about what to do in certain moments. And really what this came down to was, you mentioned Kim and Colleen got their check first. They were wrong. And then as Laurel and Jack are about to get their check, Laurel drops the pieces on the ground. Mm -hmm. And at that point, she doesn't remember what the order was of those last two pieces. And then here's a decision that really had to change the game. Laurel just says, let's start all over. Let's go yeah. back up from the beginning and start all over. And I thought right there, it was a super risky move, but I thought in the moment it was a smart move because at that moment, if you have one piece wrong, you don't know which piece that is. So in theory, you have to go all the way back through anyways. Yep. Right. So instead of going one at a time and being like, oh, we changed this, check. No, that's wrong. Okay, turn it around, check. No, that's wrong. Okay, Dan, maybe it's not that piece. Maybe it was this piece. I thought that was a genius of it, but also that's where the vet nature of this whole thing comes back because she's used to this. You've been in this scenario before where you know it's better to not waste time trying to figure out what to do. Let's just start over because we're checking our work again. Yeah. It. I mean, and to, to your point, Tori said it as well. That's the vet move is like, mm -hmm. let's, and like, it's sort of helps with your composure 
And in a game that like, obviously, you know, they had to climb and stuff and, and there's a physical element, but it's really about communication and organization mm-hmm. and having the ability to say, yeah, you know what? We need to start from scratch on this. Yeah. Is like good organization in a weird way. Like, because also it's entirely possible you have two pieces wrong. Exactly. Because there's no guarantee that those last two pieces you were putting in, let's even say that she remembered where exactly those last two pieces were. There's no guarantee that they were right. Yeah. And so you're just double checking your work anyways. And hey, I mean, it ends up paying off. And I can't lie to you. This was such a great finish. And I didn't realize how hard I was rooting for Laurel and Jack until tj announced that they won and i actually like cheered i actually gave like a yes yeah like, no, i was, I was happy for them i was amped up just like a peek behind the you killed it curtain for our listeners typically we record thursday mornings and we watch the show thursday morning but just because i had a crazy work schedule i watched the show last night and like one of the reasons why we like to re- watch and then immediately record is because that way like our energy our excitement carries over but this episode i'm still fired up like yeah. having slept on it and like hours later like 10 hours later i'm still fired up about this like if i set it off the top if i were uh uh jack and laurel i would be super pissed i'm glad that they like got through this and like you know, survived an emphatic win. And also with all respect to Kim and Colleen, they were fine. Like they were fine television. Yeah. Is this season going to suffer now that they're gone? No, no, like they they were big players from day one. And we knew it as soon as Colleen said that she'd been on the mole or no, what'd she say? Yeah, it was the mole. Yeah. No, she had been on the mole, but she lied about being on another show. Oh, yeah. I don't remember what it was. And nobody even cared. They forgot about that already. But, like, they were obviously going to be bit players. And, like, you know, they were fine TV, but their time had come and gone. And, you know, I just, like, fiery. And now I'm so excited to see what's going to happen next episode. Like, But also, am, Fessy will move on. Fessy will be okay. I'm sure well, he will find someone else. Well, we saw who we... In the next up on, we saw who he moves on with. Oh, I think I missed that. Oh, my God. Sheldon, can I tell you? It is like a, a trailer sort of thing. I would just. Oh, yeah. No, but I. I no, no, no. Sorry. I didn't miss that. But I also know what he's doing. I don't think that that's actually going to. I think they're trying to to give us an okie doke there. I don't think he's actually. I mean, it's fessy. Anything's possible. So, no, I am interested to see how that plays out. And he's just going to do it for the power move on Horatio. Um, I could definitely see that. He's going to try. But I want to see what Laurel does because that'll be interesting as well. So, we we had a unanimous line of the episode, which does not happen very often. Mm -hmm. I have to ask, Sheldon, who killed it for you this week? Or... Is there an LVP at play here? Well, one thing I just want to add in before we get to that was just Kim and Colleen had one piece wrong. Yeah. Which furthers the point as to why it's solidified who my MVP is of this episode. It's Laurel. Because 
Again, they had one piece wrong, right? And instead of trying to figure out what that one piece could have been, they could have just started from the beginning and double-checked their work, just like Laurel and Jack did. But Laurel was the one that made that call first, and that's based off experience, and that's how you win in an elimination. And Laurel gets back to her winning ways in eliminations. Yep. So that is part of the reason why she's getting my MVP. Just her overall demeanor and swag in terms of just like that death stare is one of the greatest pieces of television I've seen in a very, very, very long time. Like it's just her, her look was just so amazing. Like it's just boss period for that reason, Laurel getting the win in the elimination not losing her cool either in set elimination when she could have, or even just with Michelle doing the most and failing. I give her all that credit for sure. Laurel showing why she is a vet of all vets and why I will always say one of the top five players in challenge history, point blank period. Laurel, you killed it. You are my MVP of this episode. I think it's unanimous. Uh, my only caveat is that Michelle could be LVP here. Oh, fumbling the bag on all levels. And like you could, I know I said this earlier, but you could see it in her eyes. As soon as they won the daily challenge, like, oh, these two are going to fuck it up. Yeah. These two are going to fuck it up. They don't know what to do with this power. They yeah. were not anticipating this possibility. Um, Just a great episode of the challenge, though. A great episode. And the fumbling of the bag by Michelle, it's like, okay, we want to work with the rookie. And then you send home a rookie team just yeah. made no sense. And it's like, she even acknowledged it, right? Yeah. We sent home a team that should have been a number for us. And it's like, and you pissed off Laurel. <laughs> like it, it couldn't the, have gone worse. And the rest of the house. Yeah. Like, Basically they're in the situation where they just have to win. Now, if you're Michelle yeah. and Jay, they have to win every elimination that they're in there. They have to win every daily challenge that they can. That's their only choice. And like we've, you and I have spoken about this many times, but one of the key things about doing well in the challenge is not giving a reason for people to nominate you. Mm -hmm. The entire house now has a reason to nominate them. Yeah. There's no trust. There's no trust. And especially with Kim and Colleen gone, who had been the punching bag. Yeah. Like who who is the least liked team in the house now who that has like the smallest alliance? It's Jay and Michelle. They totally blew it. It's incredible yeah. how bad they blew it. Like yeah. a master class in blowing it. They got a second chance after the whole thing went down with Jay's boy Johnny and Johnny yeah. trying to make the list of going at all the vets. And they actually got a second chance. Yeah. And, they and then they it. blew it. Where can the good people find you on social media? Well, my friend, I'm glad you asked. You can find me on Twitter at Shell Alexander and on Instagram at Sheldon Alexander. Uh, like and subscribe to the pod wherever you get your podcast. I always want to say this off the front end and then I forget. But if you made it this far and you are still listening to this pod, take a split second and just like. Bless us with the like. Bless us with the retweet. Bless us with some form of just clicking an extra button, showing that you approve of what we do here on this the You Killed It podcast. That's how you support the movement that is the You Killed It pod. Because we appreciate you. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Jay Chidley Hill. And until next week, this was You Killed It. 
You killed it. <laughs>